Welcome back to the latest episode of the So Close Yet So Far podcast with myself, Andrew King. I'm back this week with Zach McVeigh. If you haven't gotten the chance to listen to Zach's interview with Tulane wide receiver Sorrell Brown from this past weekend, please go give that a listen. Um, it's a really, really good insight on the college football season in 2020 dealing with COVID and just life as a student athlete from Sorrell. And so that was a great interview, Zach. But now we're moving on. We're getting into the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl week. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. What are you thinking, Zach? Well, just to start, it's that feeling that I have every year of just so excited for the Super Bowl. And I know I'm going to be so sad the Monday after that the football season is over. It's that, that uh, it's the bittersweet, the bittersweet weekend of the year where football reaches its peak and then it just ends so quickly. Yeah, it's like you're, it's, it's the perfect mix of just happiness and just dreading it almost at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's a huge matchup. Obviously, everyone's talking Brady Mahomes, but there's so much more to this matchup that is really going to decide this game. You look at Tampa Bay and yes, Tom Brady, the weapons on offense, but that defense has been key to their Super Bowl run. The, the turnovers against New Orleans and then the turnovers against Green Bay in, the, in their last two playoff games are the reason they're in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, they've really stepped up big. That D-line has been getting pressure. It'll be really interesting to see how they how they pressure Mahomes because you got to get Mahomes out of the pocket, even though he's deadly. You got to – I guess you got to keep him in the pocket, but, but make, sure, make sure you get that pressure on him. But the guy that I've watched all playoffs, and I know you've talked about it a couple times, you love him, is Devin White. Devin White's a guy that is just crazy athletic. He goes – he flies from sideline to sideline. He's everywhere. He's uh, – throughout the year, throughout the season, he was six in the NFL in tackles with 140, but he also had nine sacks. That's a lot for a linebacker. No one else in the top 12 of tackles in the NFL had more than four. And so Devin White's a guy that can do everything on the football field and is just a game changer. And he had that big interception uh, in their second playoff game. So I'm looking for Devin. If you want a, a sleeper MVP, Devin White on, on the Tampa Bay defense could be it. Oh, yeah. And like you said, I, I love Devin White. Just a freak athlete that just flies around. He's a prototypical NFL linebacker in 2021 um and yeah it's sleeper and it, that that kind of made me think about the what the Malcolm Smith year right in in Seattle when when a linebacker won the Super Bowl MVP but yeah that that D line is has been disruptive as well and that leads me into almost my biggest question mark for Kansas City coming into the Super Bowl and it's their offensive line everyone knows what they have on offense with Pat Mahomes Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey um, Clyde Edwards Lair and that defense has been getting the job done they they have a pretty easy job out there with with that explosive offense on the other side of the ball but the offensive line is so banged up uh, their left tackle Eric Fisher went down late in the conference championship game and was could could be the killer blow to this team when you look at their starting offensive line right now you have two seventh round picks on the st starting you've got one undrafted free agent guard who is now starting at right tackle and then you've got you've got a guy who was cut by Pittsburgh in November starting at right guard. And now Kansas City's new left tackle, other than a couple snaps late in the AFC championship game, he hadn't played a game at left tackle since 2016. And so this is ne there's never been, I don't think, a an offensive line that has been this mangled make it to the Super Bowl, let alone. Um, and so that that's a huge question. And but if there was anyone to still have a lot of success with that offensive line. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Yeah, it's kind of the question is how much 
can Patrick Mahomes really deal with? Like, is Patrick Mahomes just invincible? And it doesn't matter who's around him as long as he has Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, he'll get the job done. Um, but talk about throwing guys just into the fire right away. The, uh, the left tackle that hasn't played since 2016, going to be going up against uh, Pierre, Paul, Vita Vea, um, this, this Bucks defensive line that's tough. And you got you to gotta think that he's pretty nervous. Um, We'll see, how, we'll see how they respond for sure. And also the, their center, who's supposed to start, was one of the two people that got COVID restrictions. Um, he should be back. He should be able to play. Him and Demarcus Robinson both got uh, on the COVID protocol. But that'll cut into the, the practice time that he desperately needs. Definitely will. Definitely will. And so we have these, I guess, questions on almost both sides. I guess, I guess there's really less questions with Tampa Bay right now. Um, as other than Brady's three picks in the second half against Green Bay, this team is what everyone's hoped for the Tampa Bay Bucks this year is kind of coming to fruition. They're playing really good ball um, at the playoff. Lenny Leonard Fournette scored in his last, I think, five, six games now. Um, and I, I was so low on Leonard Fournette during the regular oh, season. Sure. He just looked slow. He, he couldn't break a tackle. And But playoff Lenny came to play and um, – that that's almost I, I I don't think that's being talked about enough, maybe even um, because it's not just Brady. And I don't think that can be said enough. Yeah, that run that he had for a touchdown against the Packers last week, uh, it was in the first half. It was about a 20 yard run. I think he made five people miss. He, he spun, he cut, he showed some speed. He showed that all the all the reasons the Jaguars drafted him in the first place. He showed that he still has it on that run right there. And uh, he's playing with the swagger. He, he likes that he's playoff Lindy right now, and I think that's kind of fueling him. I think that Leonard Fournette's a guy that, that needs the confidence. Wants to, he's been dominant his whole life, and he needs that confidence to, to keep being great in order, in order to help the Bucs in these playoffs. For sure, and he was definitely been at the top for a while. Number one recruit coming out of high school. Um, had so much success at LSU as a high-round draft pick. His, his career didn't get off to the greatest start. I mean, it, it, it was off to a pretty good start in Jacksonville before everything went down in Jacksonville. But, yeah, definite resurgence um, for Fournette right now. And so I guess now's the time. Let's put these predictions on the line, Zach. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? All right. Here we go. I'm going Kansas City Chiefs will beat the, the Bucks 31-20. to 20. I think that. The offensive line issues won't matter that much. I'm going to – I think Brady's played so good all year, and I hope he still plays pretty good to make it a good game. But I think he'll throw a couple picks, just like in the, in the Packers game. <clears throat> he showed that um, – he just kind of – just that Packers game, he was just throwing the ball wherever, down the field, lofting it. I think that Tyron Matthew will get a pick, and uh, maybe somebody else will get a pick. So I think Tom Brady ends up with a couple picks. The Chiefs win 31-20. to 20. What do you think? Okay. Well, ju- just for perspective there, you're taking the Chiefs to cover and the over-unders at 56, so you're taking the under yes. there. I'm, I, I, I think this one's going to be I, – I'm just hoping it's a shootout, man. That's, that's what we deserve. This is what we deserve with, with all the stakes of this matchup. Um, I'm going 35-31. Field goals, field goals are not options. And I think both of these head coaches are going to be aggressive enough um, and it's going to be something we maybe haven't even really seen in a Super Bowl in terms of fourth downs. We, we've seen it all year in terms of the total number um, going for it, and especially in the playoffs. And we've seen it come back to bite these teams that have lost in the playoffs. 
Um, and when you got Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes on both sides, these coaches are going to trust their quarterbacks. Um, I've got the Chiefs 35-31 for Tampa Bay. My one bold prediction, though, I've got Gronk scoring two TDs at least. He's coming. He's this. This might be it for Gronk. I, I don't know if if, if it's a one year deal, um, but Gronk's going to show up big in the Super Bowl. I can promise you that. So you got your prediction is Gronk with two TDs. My prediction is Brady with two picks. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. there you Did go. you see the story about how Gronk tricked the coaching staff running sprints? Yes, that was so awesome. Yeah, so it was pretty much like most teams, I guess, um, having to do your offseason sprints, but you can't can't work out as a team. So the teams are like, okay, record these, record your sprints, send them to us, so we make sure you're doing it. So Gronk would pull out, go out and do his sprints on a Monday, take four different shirts out there, record them all separately, and then he's got his whole week's worth of sprints all si- saved up for him and so it's like way to beat the yeah system. he beat the system but after retiring for, for two years you'd think he might uh he might have needed those sprints in the beginning of the season but hey they're in the Super Bowl so it doesn't matter now exactly exactly all right and so that's we've talked about the Super Bowl we've been talking about the Super Bowl everyone's been talking about the Super Bowl and so now it's kind of let's dive into the history of the Super Bowl I guess and a lot of this is going to coincide with Tom Brady because if we're talking about at least mine and Zach's lifetime Tom Brady is a pretty massive part of Super Bowl history because this will be his 10th Super Bowl appearance chance to um, win his seventh one and so I guess Zach what what is your favorite Super Bowl of all time that that you've seen at least including Tom Brady or not including Tom Brady um oh okay well let's go both let's go both what's your favorite all time and then favorite okay favorite all time would have to be the Cardinals versus Steelers that year with uh, Santonio Holmes catching the, the unbelievable pass in the corner of the end zone. That's one of the first ones that I remember watching the whole game. I remember the plays. I remember how I felt when uh, Harrison was running down with the pick six and, and Larry Fitzgerald was almost going to catch him and he couldn't quite get there. And that game was just back and forth the whole time. And I was so into <clears throat> the story with Kurt Warner uh, how he used to bag groceries and and he won with he won a Super Bowl with the Rams and then he he fought he was kind of given up on and fought his way back with the Cardinals and Larry Fitzgerald the receiver with the best hands of all time that I've ever seen I was always a Larry Fitzgerald guy and I remember through those playoffs he just was going crazy and it all culminated in this great game back and forth battle and then the one of the most perfect thrown passes of all time. Ben Roethlisberger, Santonio Holmes, corner of the end zone, toe tap. It's shown every year. I think that that game just had it all. Um, so I would say that's my favorite, just for the reminiscing on the sentimental part of it, it being the first one I remember, and just that it was a great game. Yeah, and that's honestly that that's got to be mine too, just because you you hit on you hit on it with the Kurt Warner story. I mean, I remember, like you said, he he had won the Super Bowl. Um, previously was out of the league bagging groceries he was an arena league quarterback for a while um, and he he wore gloves I thought that was the coolest thing as a kid it's like why is this this old white dude quarterback wearing these black gloves out there I don't get why why what does that do better and it took him to the freaking Super Bowl I thought those gloves were magic or something um, and Larry Fitzgerald for everyone out there Zach has always been a big he's Larry my guy Fitzgerald guy Oh my goodness. You, you will not stop. And he keeps producing though. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong in that regard, but it's crazy because obviously the Santonio San Holmes toe tap in triple coverage, corner of the end zone, 
amazing. I was actually talking about this game a couple weeks ago, and I had completely forgot about James Harrison's like 30-second long 100-yard pick six that had to have been one of the slowest. At the, end of, at the end of the um, half, too, if, if he had been tackled, there was no time left. And there, that would have been seven, seven points off the board. So it was just a huge play. Insane, yeah. And so that for moments like that, and obviously – there, I don't think there's been a more iconic moment in Super Bowl history in the last 15 years than that. That, so catch. that, that leads um, me to a couple questions I have for you. So right, in terms go. of iconic moments, David Tyree's catch, I think, I think is more iconic than, than the Santonio Holmes throw. But, but the, throw, the throw from Eli Manning was not – that was not a good throw. Tyree just made a great play. But which throw is more impressive to you? Ben Roethlisberger to San, Antonio, to San Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone or the Eli Manning great throw down the sideline in the bread basket to Mario Manningham? Oh, dude, the Mario You Manningham. say that one's better? Wow. That, that, no, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm, I'm so happy okay. you pulled that one out because that one was a beautiful – I remember that one too. And you're, you're even leaving out, which is so sad, um, but there was a couple catches from – the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl that Julio Jones out absolutely otherworldly catches that will never be talked about because the Falcons lost that game. I just oh, want to throw that out for there. Sure. But, well, let me let me um, let me go on because I, I remember one of the catches from oh, Julio. He was going towards the sideline and Matt Ryan threw on high. He leaped up as high as he could, outstretched. His whole body was like out of the sideline, and somehow he got his foot in and then reached his other leg back and brought and tapped his foot down on the turf so hard, I thought he broke his toe. He, he, he put his foot <laughs> down so hard. But uh, I agree. Uh, Julio Jones made some great catches. Uh, but, but for the Mario Manningham versus Antonio Holmes, Eli Manning versus Ben Roethlisberger, which play, which throw are you taking is better? It's got to be the Santonio. Like, that was to win the game, to win the Super Bowl um, in the corner of the end zone, triple coverage. Like, you got to go with that one. You got to go with that one. Okay. I got another one for you. Which, which catch is better? David Tyree, the, the helmet catch that everybody knows, iconic. Or the Julian Edelman, tip, 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 hit the defender's foot and catch in the Falcons game. Oh, okay. David Tyree, no doubt. He's got a Hall of Famer in what? What was it? I think it was Rodney Harrison. It was Rodney Harrison. Pulling him down, pulling him backwards. That you was could insane. argue that without Rodney Harrison um, pulling him down, he doesn't catch that ball. He lands on Rodney Harrison's thigh, well, and maybe that affects it. Well, I, okay. I'm taking that. I, I agree. I think that the Dave Tyree catch. Okay. I think Good. the Dave Tyree catch is, is is the best catch in the, in that situation of all time. That that just has to be the oddest catch in Super Bowl. Like it's just like how, like just unexplainable. Um, it's just, I think that's the right. I wish they had that stat that they use now, like the percentage, the percentage of this pass getting completed. Because Eli should have been sacked like twice. Um, I've heard players say that Eli trips over his own feet in practice. They couldn't believe that he he stood up there. And then uh, (laughs) David Tyree, the story goes that he'd been dropping passes all week in practice, couldn't catch anything. And then uh, he made that catch on his helmet. So the percentage of that catch has to be one of the lowest of all time, like you were talking about. Insane. That's insane. I didn't. I didn't know the David. I mean, I've. I'm not shocked that Eli's a clumsy fellow, but if the David that that's yeah. Tyree had been dropping passes all week, and uh, the the day before the game, he they were running like passes on air, no defense or anything, and he dropped three three balls. So 
Yeah. Wow. All right. Was that your last question? That's my last question there. But I've also got these guys like uh, David Tyree, uh, Malcolm Smith. Um, There's all these guys that always pop up that you don't really know about in the Super Bowl that end up having a huge impact. For this Super Bowl, who would you say could be that guy? Uh, A guy that's a little bit lesser known, but could have a huge impact. Honestly, I'm I'm sad you 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 gave all the Devin White praise, even though that's I, I think he's right on the edge because he's he's one of their stars on defense. But I think he fits the bill of and like you said, a guy like that always kind of steps up. Um, another guy, I I know I did just bank on two Gronk TDs at least, but say that doesn't happen in another universe. Cameron Brait, their 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 number two tight end has has been one of Brady's top targets in the playoffs. Obviously he's got Godwin Evans, Gronk, he's got everybody else. Um, but Brate's a guy who doesn't get the double coverage, let alone, he doesn't get an elite defender on him very much at all. And so he's found, he's had a lot of targets in, in, in the playoffs and throughout the season for Brady. And we know how Brady loves his tight ends. And so he's a guy that, that that's a guy who wouldn't shock me if Brady's looking for maybe more than normal because he expects them to take away guys like Mike Evans. Right. And Brady's had Brady's had a pretty good year. Um he had he had a, a catch in, in one of the playoff games that was ruled a touchdown originally, but but was overturned. And I think that's a really good pick because he's kind of been the safety blanket for Tom Brady all year, even though he's had Gronk. Gronk's almost a a, a bigger play guy so far this year. And so I think I think Brady's a, a really good a really good choice. I'm gonna go. If if the Bucks win this game, I think that Tyler Johnson makes some plays. Um, he he's made a he's made a couple of really nice plays. He had a huge catch on fourth down um, against the Saints to to make that play. And he's he's like their number four receiver. He's a rookie. He's really athletic. He's long, and I think that Tyler Johnson could, could catch a few balls and make a difference in this game. Yeah, and I I don't think Tyler Johnson has more than maybe 15, 20 catches on the season, but he's had some huge catches in the playoffs. So that's that's also pretty Yeah, solid. Tyler Johnson for the season has 12 catches for 169 yards and two touchdowns. So just enough to where he'll be on the field, he'll be mm. he'll be out there, um, but not enough for for the average average person to really be looking for him, I think. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting that we both pick secondary options on the Bucks offense. Because to me, part of that goes into no one has found a way to stop Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey. They they get their eight catches for 110 yards and a touchdown every week. And we'll see if, if Tampa Bay can can do something different. But um, there was no way I was going to pick one of these secondary guys for Kansas City because they've Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they find a way to get their guys the ball. And not not saying Kansas City or Tampa Bay is not going to be able to get Mike Evans the ball. Um but I think that just almost reinforces the strength of how Kansas City gets their guys involved right. no matter and, what. I mean, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards receiving in the first quarter against the last time they played the Bucks. So you know the Bucks coaching staff is going to be doing everything they can to, to not let Tyreek do, do that to them again and get open. For sure, for sure. And then one other storyline, which this could be a, another under-the-radar guy, um, but also just a kind of crazy connection that I just thought about is Jason Pierre-Paul. He's just think of his whole story where years ago with the whole firecracker incident blows off half his hand. He was a big, he was a young up and coming guy with those giants teams for years. And 
now he's one of the the veteran bookends in that Tampa Bay defense. And I think just his story, it's probably a pretty pretty special week for him to get back to the Super Bowl after all things considered what's happened to him. Yeah, he's gone through a whole lot. And I think most he was kind of almost the butt of a joke uh, when that incident happened. It was a pretty tragic incident for him. Like he didn't know if he was going to be able to continue to play. And he's really had to fight through a lot to to get back. I don't think many people thought that he would be the the same guy after and he's still a major contributor uh for this bucks defense so good for him yeah and he he was a guy i know he had signed a pretty massive extension with with the giants pretty pretty shortly before that incident happened because the sky was the limit for him and not to say he's a bad player but like you said i don't think very many people were thinking he was going to still be in the league in 2020 when after all that happened but that that's just pretty crazy and and it's one thing that we talked about David Tyree, we talked about Eli Manning, we talked about those plays, but I think something that's even crazier um, to me that doesn't get talked about is that Michael Strahan set the single season sack record um, in that season where, where um, the first time that Eli and the Giants took down the Patriots, which is, I don't know, I, I feel like we've, that, that's the last time anyone's really come close, I think, to the single season sack record, if I'm, I'm correct. Yeah, if I'm I, think, wrong. I think you're right. Um, and along the, let's keep going along the lines of that, that Giants defense. So in 2007, Steve Spagnola was the Giants defensive coordinator. Uh, that was the team that beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And now the Chiefs defensive coordinator is Steve Spagnola. And so he knows how to play Tom Brady. He's been here before. He probably has a few tricks up his sleeve. I wonder what Tom Brady thinks about uh, Spagnola. Spagnola knows Brady well, but, but Brady has to know Spagnola well. So it'll see how that, that all plays out and who wins that battle. Yeah, and it's very interesting you you bring that up because I was um, actually was stumbling upon some tweets. I saw Dan Orlovsky with ESPN. He said he rewatched the 2007 Super Bowl because, like you said, Spagnola, Spagnola running the Giants defense. Um, and obviously, there's some things that a lot of defensive coordinators do um, that are similar, and a lot can change from t- 2007 to 2021. Um, but he thought it was very interesting because he said he didn't think the coverage that the Giants and Spagnola showed pre-snap was the coverage they ended up playing post-snap, like not one play from what it looked like. What it, maybe it looks like, man, they ended up going zone. Um, and so that just shows a lot of times that um, he tried to keep Tom Brady confused back then, and I would very likely assume that's going to be the case um, this Sunday as well. As, um, I'm not sure Spagnola's taken many notes from that game over to um, this Tampa Bay offense, but was- hey, we'll see. It's just one of those interesting stories. Was that Dan or- sure. Orlovsky saying that he was confused? No, he was just saying like he – no, 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 no. I was just saying he – He obviously that – I mean that's kind right, of the right. mindset. That's kind of the mindset of kind of switching up the coverages. You want to – you don't want – because to be honest, if an NFL quarterback knows exactly what defense you're running, right. they're going to have success. It really doesn't matter at that point. And so I think that's – in today's game, especially, is keeping those opposing quarterbacks a little make, make oh, them second guess themselves. For sure, per se, it, I guess. that's going to be hard to do against Brady. It, it might be one thing to confuse uh, Dan Orlovsky, but confusing Brady. Will be, there you go. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be a little bit tougher <laughs> task. Exactly. So um, what? And then I was so we, say, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. We we kind of got off got off on a tangent here, but what's your favorite Super Bowl that Brady has played in? Favorite Brady Super Bowl? I think it has to be the the Atlanta, the comeback. Um, just in regards to the 
shock. That that is the one Super Bowl I can say I rooted for the Patriots, just because I remember at halftime I was like, man, like I want a good game. Like let's hope let's hope Tom and these guys bring it back a little bit, and then Matt Ryan and them can go get their ring. And then just my jaw on the floor at the end of the game was just incredible. And and I think those are the games that are the reason Brady's legacy is what it is and and is what it's going to continue to be for the rest of his career and for after he retires because nobody does that. No teams come back from 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl or 24 to 3, whatever it was. Um and so for me that's my favorite that's my favorite Super Bowl, my favorite New England team has to be the num- the the record-setting offense with Tom Brady, Randy Moss, Wes Welker. Randy Moss set the NFL recept- receiving touchdowns record. I think that was back. Uh, I'll have to I'll look that up while you're answering. Um, but that was my favorite Tom Brady team just because it showed you give Tom Brady the best receiver in the NFL, no one is stopping them. And that was or that was their um almost right, with the giant. Season. That was the David Tyree um, season, the game. Yeah. And so yeah, that was my favorite Giants team or Brady team, uh, just because him and Randy Moss were absolutely unstoppable yeah, and that year. Going back to the Falcons Super Bowl, that one was crazy because I think that most people just most people in the Super Bowl just want to see a good game if you don't have ties to one of the teams. And so I was like you rooting for Brady to to lead him back somehow. And then he got there. I was like, okay, okay, like slow down. Like I, I want to see the Falcons win. Don't just slow down here. And uh he did not slow down. He just kept kept going along and just the the odds of them, everything had to go right for that game to work. And he orchestrated it. He did it. He made sure his team still believed. And uh, it was 28 to three with four minutes left in the third quarter or eight minutes left in the third quarter. It was 28 to three. So just unbelievable. But my favorite Super Bowl that Brady has played in is one of his losses is the Eagles game. He's going up against Nick Foles. They're trading blows. Uh, both quarterbacks are just going off the whole time. It's a high scoring game. It's a shootout. It's, it was a little different because in the Falcons game, that game was a shootout too by the score, but it wasn't back and forth. Um, the Falcons jumped out to the lead. They didn't really score again. And then the Patriots just came back. Um, the Eagles Patriots game was a back and forth ordeal the whole time. And just having Nick Foles out duel Tom Brady was insane, but also Tom Brady still played very well. And those, those two teams gave us gave us a great game, and I'm going to say that's my favorite Super Bowl. It's also um, pretty recent, so maybe some recency bias, but that's what I'm going with. Also, we got the Philly special in that one. The Philly special. Hey, I will say that's probably the only Super Bowl in my life I was rooting for the Eagles in, and so that that took a lot for 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 some of us too. But that just proved how much we despised the Patriots elite run that they were going on we were sick of it um and so yeah that that was an insane one and it's crazy look it, it's it's really really crazy looking at that eagles super bowl now looking at where they where where the eagles organization is what just a few the years eagles after and nick that. Foles. i mean nick Foles was yeah. at the peak of of the nfl he just took down tom brady he had played clutch he had played great and uh like you said now now they're all in shambles yeah, I, I wouldn't have bet on Nick Foles That's too much, though, post-Super Bowl. More than – I mean, he, he went to Chicago, so that that's that's like the – But it's wild that Tom Brady's just beat Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, and he's beaten all these guys in the, in, this, in the Super Bowl and playoffs, but his losses are by Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Yeah, exactly. 
And but that's one thing about this Super Bowl, bringing it back to 2021, is if if Tampa Bay can get this win, like like I've said, Brady Brady's hasn't been lighting the world on fire. But look at the guys, the the opposing quarterbacks they went through. Because whether we like it or not, that's always going to be the conversation. Um, but to go Breeze, Rogers, Mahomes, if they go three and zero, that's that's hey, pretty, and who knows what sure. Taylor Heineke's future is. He could turn into something huge, and maybe he'll be a part of that list that that helps out Brady. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there, there you go. No, no, no. Zach, Zach just put Taylor Heineke up there with Brady, Breeze, and Rogers. Yeah, no, we'll he's see, kidding. We'll <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and for me, I've been waiting to kind of spew off these outrageous Brady facts. Um, I feel like I could do it the whole episode, um, but there's just some of these. Obviously, Brady's been around since the year 2000. He's that's that's the year he made his NFL debut. A lot has happened since then, but some of these things are just it's it's crazy. And even um, and we've talked about this before, but what Brady's done throughout the latter half of his career is what makes him arguably the greatest ever. Because you can have a great run for your first half of your career, but if you don't have almost the same consistency your second half, you're not going to be one of the best. And that's kind of what we've talked about before with Mahomes is that he's got a long road to go. But just for Brady, this would be his fourth Super Bowl since he turned 37 years old, which would match the total of all the other quarterbacks age 37 or older that have ever played in a Super Bowl, which would be Johnny Unitas once, John Elway twice, and then Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos. And it's just that that goes to show what Brady's done just at the very end of his career is crazy. And we've talked about Brady, LeBron comparisons, but it turns out we're comparing him to the wrong guy, Zach. Babe Ruth, Babe real baseball goat, has ten has ten World Series appearances and seven World Series wins. Wow, that's what Brady's going to be at if he gets a win on Sunday. So there you go, Brady, Brady and and the Babe. babe. Not Brady and Braun. All right. Brady and Babe. I wonder if Tom Brady knows that he's chasing Babe right now. Oh, man. I doubt it. I sure doubt it. I think think Tom Brady saw uh, Babe Ruth call a shot. I think he was was a kid when that game happened. I'm kidding, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, that would not be right. I'm thinking like, Zach, what are you saying right now? But also, okay, this is one that this is one that kind of shocked me. I don't know how much it's going to shock you, but that, okay. that's kind of going to gauge my wow factor on this one. So when Brady made his NFL debut, the Seattle Seahawks played in the AFC. I didn't even know they played in the AFC. Wow. No, I had no clue. Did you even know that? That's insane. Wow. The league is changed <laughs> when Tom, when Tom so, yeah, Brady's that, tenure. Yeah. And, okay, for my last one, when Brady made his NFL debut – in 2000, his current offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, was a sophomore quarterback <laughs> at Marshall wow. when Brady made his NFL debut. That's just – that's wild. Um, so, yeah, just it's just the, the longevity of Brady is what stands out. That's what stands out with all the guys that go down as, quote-unquote, the GOAT. Um, but just the, num- the stats that have been popping yeah. up this week. I've got one that's uh, more recent. So this just shows how Tom Brady came into – uh, Tampa Bay and just change it all. Tom Brady is already the Bucks playoff leader in touchdown passes. He's played one season. Um, that just shows that, that oh. this team had no prior. They were not winners. 
prior to Tom Brady. They had won a Super Bowl in 2002, but nobody on this team would remember. None, nobody on this team were, was really a, a big-time winner. And Tom Brady gets there, leads them to the Super Bowl, and is already the Bucks playoff leader in TV passes. Just, just unbelievable. That is kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize he was already the Bucks yeah. leading touchdown. And so this, we, all, we all know that uh, he, he, this is Tom Brady's tenth Super Bowl, and you would kind of think that um, he went to all those Super Bowls with the Patriots. Like you would think. Some of the, some of his teammates have stayed, and it's just kind of a testament to his longevity that only the kicker Steven Goskowski has gone to the most Super Bowls with Tom Brady, and his is only six. So that just shows how much turnaround the Patriots have had, and Brady has just been the constant, constant guy getting him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because when you look back at the at the New England run, there was there was really only two consistents and that was Brady and Belichick. Those are the two most important consistents, obviously, but yeah, I guess Goskowski will throw him in there too, even though he had a up and down year with Tennessee, right. but it's because he misses Brady. You know, that's just his, that's his guy, but Hey, the Brady factor that is wild. Yeah. And that's where I think you, you said it a couple minutes ago, but just rooting for a good game. I, I I'm going to keep saying it where I, I don't think I've felt just I just want to see a beautiful football game. I've I've never felt less care. I've never felt less care about who wins this game. I don't think going into a Super Bowl than I do this week. Um, but I think it's going to be a show and it's going to be awesome. It, it sucks that we're still in COVID times because getting to hear from the the normal media week of Super Bowl is is so crazy and getting to hear the stories from Brady and his teammates just because I I you know the the leadership factor, the changing the culture overnight um, has happened in Tampa Bay. And it, it's just really cool that we're seeing that. And who knows how many years it'll last for, because I think we can all agree that Brady's, I don't think Brady's done. Um, would you, okay. How about this though? This is something that I don't, I guess it's because no one expects Brady to retire, but if Brady wins, no way. Could he just he walk already, away? He's always said he wants to you play until think? 45. I think this week in an interview, he said he can see himself playing past 45 if he's doing this. Um, no way he plays. He's thrown 40 touchdown passes. He's still at the top. He loves being at the top. He loves football. Um, and I think being for like being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer has kind of reinvigorated him a little bit. He's got he's got he's been able to trick himself that he has more to prove with Tampa Bay, and he's he's going to keep doing it. I do. I think there's a zero percent chance that he retires. Okay. That's fair. Playoff playoff Lenny really is. Yeah, just is it, it top Brady or is it Leonard Fournette? Um, but it's Believe it's me. funny. I think it's play yeah, playoff Lenny. He's gonna keep Brady around forever. But I it's funny, I saw there was a because they were doing some like Zoom interviews yesterday with with some of the players, and they had a Brady and Mahomes right next to each other, and Tom Brady looks light years younger than Mahomes with that skincare regimen he's got going on or whatever it is. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Brady till 50, but I don't know. I guess it's just the, we, we saw Peyton Manning do it, even though Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's career arches were kind of, you could tell. Um, but I just think the rarity of being able to go out on top. I, I just feel like that's with, I, I don't know. I feel like that could change guys' minds essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I would still be shocked if Brady retired, but Hey, I'm not. I'm not ruling it out if he doesn't go out there and throw for five touchdowns. Uh, I don't know about it. that. How that. how much of a factor do you think that uh, 
it's in Tampa Bay. The Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay, and it's essentially a home game for the Bucks. How much of a factor do you think that is? I I don't think it's that much, just because they're playing the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs aren't playing in cold weather. Is that is that a is this a benefit now? Like, are they going to be even faster? Is Tyreek Hill going to be even faster now? And so I don't know. I think it's just because you got the two best teams in football playing in temp. The, the stadium's not going to be packed. Um, maybe if it was a normal year, it it really could be because you would think, even though Kansas City always travels well. Um, but it, it, it's a two-week layoff. I don't think the travels or the lack of travel is going to be anything that special. Um, but, hey, if Tom Brady's able to sleep in his bed the night before the Super Bowl, that's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, I saw that. that. not a bad um, thing. After the, the NFC Championship, Tom Brady sent away his family. Um, his family is living in another location, and he's had the house to himself and just been watching film and, and focusing on this game. So he he's oh, locked in. Oh, man. I, I've, he deserved to beat Aaron Rodgers, man. I'll say it. Yeah. Wow. I he's, didn't know that. That's awesome. He's all what about football. He's locked in. Guy. Um, but – I, I agree. I think that the it being a home field advantage for Tampa Bay might be a little advantage, but not enough to to matter. But if it had been a normal year and it'd be essentially a home game with eighty thousand Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans there, um, I think it would have it would have made a difference. So it is kind of sad that the first time a team ever plays in their home stadium in the Super Bowl, the fans don't really get to enjoy it. True, true. Okay. One of the last questions, just thought of this. I think it's perfect because, like, like we've said, this is also this is a celebration. This is a happy, happy day. Super Bowl's coming. But it's also a very sad day. So, way too early. Twenty twenty two Super Bowl prediction. Who are we going with? Who are we going with, Zach? I'll okay, give you a minute because well, I got to kind of think too. The first thing that comes to my mind, I think you know. I think if the Cowboys resign Dak, I mean the it's the NFC is wide open. No, I'm just kidding. I wish, but um, I'm going to go – I think that the Packers I – think, I think that the Packers will put it together. They're not going to lose anybody. They'll still have Devontae and Aaron Rodgers' connection. Aaron Rodgers is going to be reinvigorated. He's got a new rival in the NFC. He's always been a, a, a rival with Tom Brady, but kind of uh, further away. And now I think Tom Brady being in the NFC and having so much success will really push uh, – Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers, and they'll they'll get together and they'll make it from the NFC. In the AFC, I'm going to be boring, and I don't see any way that the Chiefs lose. They we haven't seen them lose besides the Raiders game since Week Seven. I think they're 27 and two um, in their last, uh, or 28 and two in their last 30 games. And I think that the Chiefs just will not be beat. Um, Maybe maybe you can give us a, a, a more exciting AFC pick, but I'm going Packers Chiefs next year. Oh, I'm 100% taking the Chiefs in the AFC, um, just because I I can't I I'm I love the Ravens, I love Lamar Jackson, I think Josh Allen's a stud, but no, I don't think anybody's taking them down. One thing, um, I'm not going with Green Bay though. So a Green Bay, I think they, they're kind of expecting to lose Aaron Jones in free agency. Um, someone's going to throw him a lot of money. Um, but they've got A.J. Dillon, and they've got a good offensive line. So I think they, they should, should still have a formidable run game going forward. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford traded there this week. 
Um, the Rams now they gave up two first round picks to get Matthew Stafford. And so now the Rams are going to go, I think six straight seasons without a first round pick. And I completely agree with how they're doing it because if you're a team that's not going to be picking up in the top five to 10, there's not a whole lot of worth in a first round pick. Um, you could get a guy at 25, you could get a guy at 20, whatever, but Odds are you're probably not. You're not going to get a guy who's going to come in and change your team. And you look at the first-round picks they've given up. They got Jalen Ramsey, and they got Matthew Stafford. That is so much better than six late first-round picks, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a lot of money, um, but those are the guys that bring you Super Bowl rings. We know what Sean McVay can do. He's going to have a rejuvenated, I would think, Matthew Stafford on the best team of his career. Um, finally, with some, some really good receivers, Cam Akers burst on the scene this year. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, those guys aren't going anywhere. I really, really like the Rams um, heading into next season. And it's going to be a test for Sean McVay. This is going to be another prove-it year for him. Is is he the offensive guru that everyone said he was a few years ago? And so I, I've got Chiefs, Rams, and I think that would be an awesome yeah, matchup. Um, like you said, I think that the Rams are really just missing the quarterback. They have all the other pieces there. Good receiving core. Um, great defense. Best defense in the league. So it's all on Matthew Stafford to really get the job done. Yeah, and I'll also say on your Packers pick, I I love Aaron Rodgers, but this I, I think part of me picking the Rams is I'm not betting on the Packers to make the right move. Like they've they have yet to show during Aaron Rodgers' career that they're willing to make the big move, the big splash signing, the guy that's gonna take their team to the next level. And could this be the year they finally do that? I think it could be, but I'm not going to bet on it because they've they've yet to do it. You know, they they don't they don't sign star receivers. They don't sign big name guys. Um, and that that's how it's always been. And I'm not going to bet against it. I sure hope it is because I'd love to see get Aaron Rodgers another weapon or two. And man, it's going to be tough. And I, I your your Brady Brady take in regards to Aaron Rodgers is spot on. I think, and it's it's going to keep yeah, those guys. It could be for cool to see. Like that's now. kind of what both both guys need to stay competitive, but. If they got Matthew Stafford trying to ruin their party, who knows? Yes, sir. Don't sleep on the DFW boy. He is, has an elite arm. I promise. I just hope he's not – he can move around enough. That, that's going to yeah. be the key. But we'll, well see. Well, so I've got a little nugget regarding Matthew Stafford. Right. Um, we know that the, the Lions have not been good. We know that they've struggled. He, he's only been to the playoffs, what, I think one time in his – in his career, I want to say yeah. one is so, is the generous number. He has yeah. no playoff. I, I wouldn't give him more than that. But he's got forty five thousand passing yards and two hundred eighty two passing touchdowns, and that's the most by a player without a playoff win in NFL history. So he doesn't really have much experience in the playoffs, but he's got the stats that that says that he should. And so if he can just have a team that gets him there, we'll see how he performs. Wow. Yeah, Matthew Stafford has put up the numbers, but and I think his his career so far is the perfect case of it really doesn't matter if you if you don't do anything in the playoffs. And there was a report that went out with him that said he wanted to go anywhere but New England, which I don't know how true that was, but I thought that was kind of funny. Just cuz Matt 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 Patricia's back in in New England in some capacity. So you, you wonder if that was the reason. Yeah, who or, knows? Or but he, he ended up in a good spot. He has to be happy with where he is. Oh, great spot. And it, and it wasn't surprising too, because before I pull out my nugget, nugget here, um, Detroit's new GM 
was he is he he had worked for the Rams previously. And so kind of connect the dots there on and make everybody yeah, happy. Wow. And so just hire works out, reaches out to his old team. Hey, I want a couple first round picks. You want this quarterback? Bet let's make it happen. So funny how those connections really have a lot to do with how these trades end up as well. Um, but my nugget for today is we look at the first seven quarterbacks taken in the 20, 2016 draft. 2016. I think it was maybe 20, whatever year Dak was drafted. And so you, 2016, so you got Jared Goff, now been traded. Carson Wentz, benched. Paxton Lynch, who the Cowboys tried to trade up for, out of the NFL. Christian Hackenberg, out of the NFL. Jacoby Brissett, arguably the only other successful guy out of the bunch. Um, currently, Indiana's backup. Could, could very well be a starting quarterback next year. Um, you got Connor Cook out of the NFL. And you got Dak Prescott, who is waiting to get paid the money he, he deserves. And so it's just insane to look back four or five years after that draft class. And it was awful. Like, there's no other word to say it. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys have to be so happy uh, with how that ended up. And it, it's just crazy to see how easily you can miss on a guy um, that most of these teams thought could be uh, right. organization and changers. And the Cowboys, like you said, the Cowboys tried to go for Paxton Lynch. So it just shows, like, NFL teams do all the research. They do as much as possible. But they don't really know. They have no clue. They, they're just hoping, like, like the fans, that they get the right guy. Exactly. No, and, it, and it's it's a complete toss-up, and it really just goes completely against my opinion and what looks like is going to start happening is that these college quarterbacks are going to start flying off the top of the board more and more because we do have some rookies having success right away with Joe Burrow and um, Justin Herbert. And so, but then you can also say, yeah, that was back in 2016, but you can still easily strike out the first six quarterbacks taken if – that that because you really just don't know. Um, but it, that that's a crazy stat. Kudos to Dak. Kudos to the Cowboys uh, for coming out on the right side of history. But that's right, they got to get him that contract. First first. contract, next step, Super Bowl. There you go. Zach wanted to put the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, but he won't do it just yet. Stay tuned, though. Stay tuned. That's all. Though. I'm excited. All right, for Zach. The game. You got anything else for us today? Yeah, it should be a great one. Thank you for joining me, Zach. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, again, if you haven't listened to Zach's interview with Tulane wide receiver Sorrell Brown, check that out um, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, just about any other podcast platform out there. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the So Close Yet So Far podcast.